Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. And welcome to a combined episode of the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Today we'll be talking about the rucks and the forwards all in one potty. And as always, I'm Dano and with me we have Pato. Welcome, Pato. Yes, hello, Dano. Hello, listeners. Um, it's getting real, less than a week now. And um, yeah, there's an exciting few days of tinkering to come. And then the all, all nervous uh, team selections and then um, we're into it. So get your tinkering done. Yeah, let's fucking go with the ruck line, Pato. So everyone's kind of fiddling around with it. Should we just start with the one that we think everyone should have as a lock, you reckon? Uh, yeah, we won't have to talk much about him, I don't think. Yeah, uh, we're talking about Rowan Marshall. Um, so basically, he's the biggest lock in, on the fucking planet. Um, we don't really need to go about his scores last year, but his highest score last year was actually 173. So there's a fucking sexy-ass ceiling. And his last five game average was 106.8, Pato. And yeah, so basically the reason why we are saying he's a lock is because? Because um, he's rucking on his own. And I, I think um, without Paddy Ryder last year, he averaged about 112 or 115 or something like that, which is just absurd. Um, St Kilda have a bit of a tall forward crisis as well. So he's going to be rucking on his own. I'm shocked that he's only in 52% of teams. I feel like that should be like 70 to 80%. He's priced at 506,000. So he's priced at about like a 95 average and the guy's going to go 110 barring injury. So uh, this is a no brainer for me. Yeah. Fucking lock him in. If you don't have him, put him in. That's the only time I think I'll ever say, if you don't have him, put him in um, for any selection whatsoever. Um, we'll move on though. Um, so we'll work our way down for the rucks. So we'll start with Maxi, big Maxi Gorn, Pato. Um, he's 622K. Uh, his last 10 game average last year was 113.4. Um, highest price ruck. Why should people select him or why shouldn't they? I actually think people are sleeping on Max Gorn. He's a POD in, under, in just 9% of teams. I feel like with the ruck setup, obviously people are a little bit worried about it. Max Gorn is someone that gets points no matter where he plays. Um, He even gets a lot of points with those contested marks and kicking goals and stuff like that. So he's less reliant on his inside ruck work as he is around the ground. So he's still going to get those points. Now, is he going to go 113? Maybe not. Maybe that goes down to about 108. But, I mean, that's still a great, great average for a ruck. So... He's not in my team personally. He's just a bit expensive for mine, but he will still have a great averaging year, I think. Yeah, I'm I'm the same. And he could get forward status too. Um, anyway, we'll move on to the next bloke, which is Jared Witts, Pato. And a fair few people are looking at him. Uh, he's 605K. Uh, last year, his highest score was a 154. Um, his last five-game average is 102. His last... <laughs> 10 game average was only a 98.4. But people are picking him because they're like, oh, he'll play 22 games, not realizing that the man was fucking injured not too long ago. So what are your thoughts on Jared Witts, Pato? Yeah, the guy literally came off an ACL last year and people are saying he's a lock for 23 games. So yeah, um, bit bit crazy to me. Now, I do like Jared Witts. He was certainly on my short list. Um, but if you think he's a lock for for a full season, I think you're a little bit foolish. I think he'll score well. I don't think there's too many players on that Gold Coast team there to steal points off him, like a like a Max Gorn, like a Tim English. 
Um, but I do like it. I don't think it's a super sexy pick, that's all. And I think the price point is just a little bit high for my liking. I prefer Marshall and another guy we'll talk about soon. Yep. Well, move. I'm, I'm in agreement here. I reckon it's just fucking dumb. Um, but if you want to pick him, go for it. But I just think that there's better value elsewhere. And one of them is next with Tim English. Uh, he is priced at 581k. Uh, he only got 15 games out last year. Uh, but his average was 105.5. Uh, but this is the thing. His last five-game average was a 95.4, and his last 10 was a 97.5. His highest score last year was 160, but we know that the man can go over 200, Pato. But there's another bloke that we'll talk about soon um, that people are trying to decide between, and they're actually saying they're going with Tim English because the other bloke misses too many games, which I find interesting because last year Tim English missed seven games so what are your thoughts on tim english i can see tim english having a very similar scoring year as last year uh where he'll explode out of the gates people might even panic trying to bring him into the team and then he'll just have his inevitable english injuries um I, he misses too much footy for my liking and it's going to sound hypocritical when i tell everyone who my r1 is um but i just i can't trust him to stay on the park and and it's soft tissue stuff as well. It's not like it's contact stuff. It's soft tissue injuries. Now, Tim English is going into his prime age wise and, and games wise He's 25. He turns 26 during the season and he's played 85 games. So he's prime breakout candidate, but we'll start in 2019 when he first got into the team down. He's played 19 games, 17 games, 18 games and 15. And, the ruck line is just not a line that you want to use trades in, I don't think, Dano, unless unless you have to. And if you can mitigate some sort of risk if by picking a guy that you know is going to, or you're pretty certain is going to play over 20 games, I think you do that. And that's why I don't love Tim English, even though I think he will start off really well. Maybe not round one because he comes up against Gorn straight up, but I can see him going 110, 115, and then doing a hammy in round eight or something. That's just what he does. Yep, and I'll move on to the next bloke because he's in the same boat, but he's actually had a full preseason for the first time, I reckon, in his career. That's Sean Darcy. So he's priced at 562.2K, had 102.1 average last year. His highest score was a big 173. Um, His last 10 average was 101.9 but his round 12 to 23 average was a 98. Now, I've personally got this bloke as my R1 and because he's had a full preseason for the first time ever. No, I don't think he's had a setback at all this preseason and he's absolutely made every one of his opponents a bitch and people, (laughs) like his bitch, and people are like, oh, the Pracky game that he played, he didn't have Luke Jackson rucking so he was so ruck but the pracky game before if anyone watched it there was a 70 30 split between darcy uh, and luke jackson with sean darcy having the 70 percent ruck time so i'm i'm all in on luke uh sean darcy not luke darcy sean darcy what are your thoughts pato luke darcy is wrong long retired now mate yeah his son is playing in the, in the league <laughs> um yeah. no no i i'm also on sean darcy I, I, he's my R1 also. I think the fixture really is attractive with Sean Darcy as well. He starts off with the Saints, North, West Coast, Adelaide in the first four. 
which is quite juicy. Um, mm. Then you look at the last six, which I think is important because that run home, whether you're looking at league, whether you're looking at rank, it's all the same. The run home is really important for me. And if we start in round 19, he goes Sydney, round 20, Geelong. Then he goes Brisbane, West Coast, Port Adelaide, Hawthorne. And sure, Nick Nat plays for, for West Coast, but he's another one that's pretty unlikely to play a lot of footy. And I just, I love that run home. And and I think as long as big Darcy can stay on the field, I don't think Luke Jackson is a problem at all because Darcy mm. split time last year um, with Rory Lobb. He split time with that guy that went to Hawthorne. I can't think of his name. Um, <laughs> but he's done it before where he's split time. And, and I agree. He's, he'll play 70% at least. And if anything, that gives him more time to rest, which means his body will get looked after a little bit more. And I at 562,000, I think it's also a really good price point. Yeah. And I'm fairly certain I'm going to lock in Sean Darcy. It's about 98% sure. I'm 100% in. Anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> um, so our next guy on the sheet uh, is actually Riley O'Brien. Um, I can't... I'll discuss him quickly. He's 560K, averaged 101.8 last year. Uh, he... He's 27 years of age, 20 games. Uh, highest score was 175, so two points more than Darcy's highest score. Um, he actually, his last 10 games was 100.7 average. I just can't, the reason why I can't pick Riley O'Brien is because, man, man, I don't even know if he's best 22 half the time ever since they dropped him that time for Strawn. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit here, Dano. O'Brien's now in the leadership group, which I know that doesn't lock in selection, but it's a pretty good indicator. That I Riley O'Brien spent some time in my team alongside Rowan Marshall, but his scoring is just so volatile. Like if I'll read out his last four games last year, Dano. So he finished with a 160 against the power, but he went 80, 110, 46. And it's those 40 or 50 games that just scare the fuck out of me. And I know I'm probably not going to get those with Sean Darcy, injury excluded. I know I'm fairly certain I'm not going to get that from Rowan Marshall. I think Rowan Marshall could go 115 this year. That's how good he will be in that role, I think. And yeah, Riley O'Brien's not a super sexy pick. He's 560,000. So like, if he was closer to 500K, I think Riley O'Brien would be a really nice price point for what he provides but i just think he's too up and down for my liking so it's a no from me but worth consideration yep that's fair move on to the next bloke which is nick nat nui at five hundred and thirty seven thousand. um no yeah i'm just gonna say no you're saying no no yep okay we'll move on <laughs> um well, yes or no for this next one. Toby Nankervis, Pado. I actually thought he was well over 30, but he's actually 28 years of age. Um, now, this this is an interesting one, Dono. Yeah, so he only had a 96.5 average last year, but he, he went on a little bit of a tear there, um, and his highest ended up being like 158. And he went on like this five-game tear where I'm like, holy fuck, is this guy the best ruck in the comp right now? <laughs> like... Holy shit. So what are your thoughts on Toby Nankivis, especially with the whole hitouts to advantage thing? And he's got now, in my opinion, he's got a, a better core midfield around him. Yeah, uh, it's it's not a super sexy pick because I'm not sure the ceiling is quite there as a Sean Darcy just because he'll get your, your, your hitouts, he'll get some tackles. He's a really good tackler for a Ruckman. Um, 
he does get a lot of touches for a ruck as well. It's more your handball stuff, but it doesn't quite translate to, to Supercoach scoring usually, unfortunately. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if he did have a spike year, but I just, there's too much equity in that Richmond team in terms of scoring. And I just, I can't see him going over a hundred. Yeah. I um, mean, he's another one in that Sean O'Brien, uh, Sean O'Brien, fucking Riley O'Brien um, mix where he'll go 50 one week and then he'll go one 140 the next. Like it's just, it's a little bit volatile. Now, um, he will ha- he will probably go on a run like he did last year, Dano, where he might average 120 for six weeks and everyone's like, oh, Nankervis, but then he'll sort of come back to earth a little bit. So it's very much matchup dependent with with Toby. Um, there's a pretty good start to the year fixture-wise um, and, and there's a good end as well, but I, I, I can't get around it. I can't advocate this pick. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, we'll move on to Brody Grundy. Um, which is the cheapest I think I've ever seen him to start a season at 512k, Paddo, in 11% of teams. Um, he averaged 103.5 last year, highest of 120, 129, lowest of 53. His last five game average ended up being 99.4. So he missed a chunk of the season, um, or most of the season. He only played six games. So, But he's been traded to Melbourne. So he's sharing that ruck load with Maxi Gorn. And as we saw in that practice game, I think one had 12 hit outs, the other had 11. So what are your thoughts on Brody Grundy? I I can't see this going great. Honestly, yeah. I don't think Grundy's a good enough forward to play the role that they're asking him to play. Now, he will have big games. Now, I know he did have a really good game against Richmond in the practice game last weekend. Yeah, but I like just... Yeah, correct, correct. And kicking three or four goals. And I just don't think he spent enough time in the middle where he scores well to justify picking him. If he picks up forward status and the role looks okay, then maybe we'll reconsider things. But I can't see him averaging 100, Dono. Yeah, that's fair enough too, Pato. I I, yeah, I think I think the time of Grundy is gone. Time of Grundy is gone, Pato. And unless Gorn goes down and then that Grundy becomes very oh, attractive. Oh, fuck yeah. 100%. 100%. I'll move on to... Um, so these next three guys we've had listeners wanting us to discuss. Um, and they're our last three rucks, Pato, unless you've got some really fucking random one um, that I'm not even going to look at. So the first one's Oscar McInerney. Um, so he, he averaged 88.4 last year, highest score of 142. His lowest score was a six. So his last five game average was a 90.8. Last 10 average was 87.7. Yeah, I, I don't like it personally. I think there's you're better off just going with one of the other guys that we've discussed. Um, but yeah, the people wanted him discussed. So what are your thoughts? My thoughts is no. Yep, fair enough. Let's move on to the next one. <laughs> Scott Lysett's the next one that people wanted us to discuss, Pato. Um, oh, are so, we are we skipping Darcy Cameron? Oh man, um, can I just say no? You can. I think it's worth consideration, though. I I like him. Whether you pick him in the forward line or the ruck line, I like having the flexibility of being able to swap him in. And I've I've got Madden as my R three as purely a loop guy. I know he's not going to get anywhere near the ones team for the Giants. I just, I, I think it's worth consideration. And I know it looks like Cox is going to play the R1 role. Cameron is a more than capable forward. And when he gets that ruck time, he does look good. 
So I just think it's worth consideration. And he's in 19% of the team. So clearly a lot of people are looking at him and and really considering starting him. I think it's... I'm not doing it personally. He spent some time. I know he's had a hamstring in preseason as well, so it doesn't look great. But I just, it wouldn't shock me if he gets up towards a 95 or so average. I don't like it at all, personally. Um, I don't think he's going to be a top four ruck. And I don't think he's going to be even a top 10 forward. So honestly, I don't see the point, Pato, myself. Um, Yeah. That's just my thoughts. I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um. So we'll go to Scott Lysett next. So he's in 1% of teams. So I think people are wanting us to discuss him just because he's a lot cheaper at 429K. Um, he is 30 years of age. He only played four games last year. Um, 86.8 was his average. Highest of 112, lowest of 53. I, after watching Port Adelaide play, I, I'm not about it. At all, is I to be honest, it won't surprise me if they go with a Finn Layson and oh shit, what was that fucking bloke's name that they've got there? Tickle. Yeah, I won't surprise Testy. me if they go. Yeah, testicles. Yeah, it won't surprise me if they go with him and Finn Layson, To be honest, and they rotate one of them out for Lyset each. I just don't see him permanently in that ruck at all. Yeah, I agree. And if things start pear-shaped for the power, um, I mean, Hinkley could be on the chopping block, but he could also just go towards a more youth uh, lineup where he looks at a Hayes, where he looks at a um, at a Tickle, sort of Tickle slash Hayes rotation and, and start looking at the guys that aren't 30 in Finlayson and Lysett. So don't love it. Uh, Finlayson, I don't think will play around one. I think he's under a bit of a cloud, but he will be in. And they, he was used a lot as a ruck last year. And they actually did better when he rucked other than Lysett. So I yeah. no, this is a big no from me. Yeah, um, I'm in agreement. And the last one we have, Pato, someone asked me, is it Peter Laddam's season finally? So. Oh, <laughs> I know. We have to discuss it because I got asked it. So it's 429K. It's Peter Laddams at Sydney. He's 25 years of age, which I thought he was... I don't know why I thought he was older, but anyway. He's played 11 games last year. His average was 78. But his highest score last year was a 164. So we know we've got he's got it in him, but fuck me dead. His average... His last five-game average, Pato, was a 61.4. Obviously, because Hickey was in the team, but they got no hickey for probably uh, maybe the first half of the season. Um, what are your thoughts on Peter Adams? My thoughts is no. Yeah, okay, that's valid. <laughs> also, Hickey's Hickey's not going to miss half the year. He's predicted to come back round two or three. Oh, there you go. It's not um, Peter Adams' season. There's there's a lot more reasons why as well. The guy has a really shit attitude. He's got a history of cracking the shits when things aren't going his way. He's got a history of sniping guys. So he's a suspension risk. You know, horse doesn't like those bad attitude guys. Like yeah. I could probably keep going with Peter Adams. It's a no. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, Just quickly, wanna... Dano, yep. there are two that I want to flag. Yep, go for it. Lloyd Meek, when, when given R1 opportunities, has provided really good scoring. Now he's moved to Hawthorne this year. 
at the at this stage, it looks like he's going to split ruck time with Ned Moyle, which is really frustrating. But just if if something happens there and Lloyd Meek becomes the the R one ruck, um, and he gets to eighty percent ruck time, then he's very attractive. But he's four hundred thirty one k, so it's not great. Ned Moyle plays for the Suns. Uh, Ned Reeves, sorry, not Ned Moyle. <laughs> the only two Neds in the fucking AFL. I you got to mix fucked it up. it up. You fucked it up. All good. Keep going. Keep going. Um, and the other one, and it's more of a a left field breakout sort of possibility. Don't say cherry. Don't say cherry. No, no, no. Um, it's the mullet himself, Sam Draper. No, no, no. I and okay. I knew, I okay. knew, <laughs> I knew you would react like that. It it's just a season would too not... early. It quite possibly could be. Um, but fourth year breakout, it could well happen. Um, but we'll see. I feel like Ruckman take longer than four years. I mean, I can find some evidence to, to prove otherwise, probably. And I reckon I can find evidence to support myself there, to be honest. Oh, shit. Yeah, just listening and listening into other podcasts because I like to do that. Some of the podcasters are Essendon fans and they're all saying no to Sam Draper and it's way too early. They reckon it's at least a season early. So, and I'm in agreement. He kicked a really good goal last year. That was, uh, that was a ripper. Yeah, like it won goal of the year, didn't it? Uh, I can't remember, to be honest. Pretty sure it did. Anyway, yeah, that's about all. Just quickly, about. Max Gorn's fourth year was the one he broke out. Just, just saying. Yeah, but also, yeah, no, I just he also learned <laughs> from ja- he learned from Jamar. Who the fuck Sam Draper learning from? Uh, yeah, yeah, valid point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. fucking Phillips, Andrew Phillips. <laughs> uh the the ginger mop himself. Yeah, that's all he's learning from, and he's a reject from the Giants. Anyway, that's all I'm going to leave. <laughs> Can we move I on? I just to wanted to flag it. Yeah, yeah, yeah please do. Please we'll do. Move on to the more interesting line, which is the forward line, I reckon. Um, we'll start off with the – do you want to just – should we just name the safety, the safety picks first and then go on from there? We don't even have to talk about Dunkley. He could well have win a Brownlow this year, so – yeah, that's Do we need to talk about him? Right, he could average 115. I, I, reckon, I reckon he's going to fucking end up going and he could be the highest averaging player this season. Him or Laird, honestly. Solomon yeah, no, that... Fuck. Yeah, 100%. I, I agree. I agree. That's how good he'll be. If you're one of the 32% teams that don't have Dunkley, um, delete your team or fix it in the next five days. Yeah, cool. Okay, we'll move, we'll move on. So... Everyone is talking about these three. We'll talk about the three blokes that most people are looking at. One of them is, I'll start off with the Giants one, which is Stephen Cornelio. Um, he's kind of, out of the three that we're about to discuss, he's kind of the one that's been left in the dark a bit. Um, not as many people are picking him. He's obviously 29, played 21 games last year, averaged 101. Highest was 174, lowest was 37, but... When he played under McVeigh as a sole mid, Pato, he ended up going from rounds 12 to 23, 110.3, which is more than what fucking Dunkley did. Like, 
out of all of the f- current forwards, Stephen Canelio between rounds 12 and 23 averaged the most by almost, well, actually ended up being 10 point, no, 10 points more than everyone else. It's pretty fucked up. And yet he's being slept on. Why? Why do you think he's being slept on? He's being slept on because last year he played 21 games. The year before that, he played five. The year before that, he played 16. The year before, 15, 21, 7, 21, 18, 14, 18, and 12 in his rookie year. So that is the reason I feel. Um, Is that justified? Kind of. But Cornelio is a pretty safe 100 for sure, even if he is that third highest averaging mid in the team, um, I think. We've, we've spoken about Josh Kelly. We, we, we're we both on board with the Kelly train. Um, and I think Tom Green maybe eclipses him scoring-wise. Um, but I can't see him dropping an average. It's it's probably more so the games played that people are a little bit weary about. Yeah, that's that's valid too. Next one we'll go into is Connor Rosie. Fucking shitloads have jumped on Connor Rosie. 23 years of age. Played 22 games last year, 93.3 average. Highest was 162, Pato. His lowest was a 25. Um, and his last 10 games, he averaged 109.9. But his rounds 12 to 23 average was 106.8. I think he's a lock myself. It fucking pains me to say that, Pato. Because you know how much I dislike Rosie. But man, man's playing so much mid-time, it's not funny. Yeah, if you look at last year when he moved into the midfield full-time or basically full-time, I this is as much of a lock for me as as Dunkley. And again, it pains me too. I really do not like Port Adelaide. But like his prime breakout candidate, 81 games played. If he, if you argue that he didn't break out last year, this is going to be his like breakout breakout. He's yeah. 23, just turned 23, 81 games played. Like this is this is going to be a year where Rosie could go to 105 average and just be top echelon. This is probably the last year for at least another six or seven years that he'll be available as a forward. Um, I just think you lock him in um, and throw away the key unless you, unless he gets injured and then you're going to have to find the key, but I can't see it happening. Obviously injuries can happen to anyone, but this is a lock for me hundred percent. Yeah. And the other one of the three that we're, that we're saying you gotta I think you gotta at least have two of them. Um is Tim Taranto. Again, pains me to say it. He moved to Richmond. He's 25 years of age. Only played 16 games last year for the Giants, averaged 91.4. Highest was 121, lowest was 56. But he's a sole mid now, Pato, and fuck he looked good in that fracky game against Melbourne. And yeah, I'm yeah, I I, I have to pick him myself. It's just a no-brainer. Yeah, another one that you've got to lock in, throw away the key. Uh, 2019, which is when he played midfield for that first time, don't know, averaged 102. And that would probably be around, around the mark, I think, for, for Taranto this year. Averaged a lot less than that at 503000 Sorry, priced at a lot less than that. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a reason he's in 56% of teams. Just, just get him in. Don't worry about anything. The role is there. Um, health is obviously the only thing that is maybe a concern but he's he's in that midfield lock him away okay so i'm gonna discuss some other options pato this is where we're gonna get interesting ladies and gentlemen and one of them you're not gonna think i'm even gonna fucking mention i'm gonna mention him straight up and that's isaac heaney 
Oh, no. No, 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 no. We got to discuss. We got to discuss. So he's 26 years of age. For some reason, I thought he was like 29. Um, last year's average, 101.2. So he's actually the second highest averaging forward last year. His highest was 141. His lowest was 53. His last five well, games... Well, no, hang on. Hang on. He wasn't the second highest averaging mid because we had Bont and Pally. Oh, yeah. We had... Well, I said we had... forward, forward, forward. That's currently listed. Oh, that's current. Yeah. That's not Stephen Cornelio. Uh, <laughs> the third highest. But he's priced around the same point. So, Isaac Heaney... Um, his last five games, Pato, he averaged 110.8. His last 10, he averaged 102. He's 101.5 in, from rounds 12 to 23. Now, I know everyone's like, oh, he doesn't get the mid-time, but he just seems to fucking dick ride champion data like a Bontem Pally that he just seems to be up there. So I, I had to mention him. He is a high-impact guy in CD does love those guys that that provide big moments and have really big impact to the team. Um, not included in that average, Dano, are his three finals where he went 62, 83, and 67. So I, I don't think the midfield minutes are going to be there, if I'm completely honest, Dano. Um, Exclude midfield because minutes. There's, there's a guy that we're going to talk about that um, yeah. is going to, I think, average more than Heaney. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's all good. We'll discuss him um, shortly. But I've got a few more that I want to discuss before him. So the next one is actually a Port Adelaide player, Zach Butters. Now, I'm going to wait for a sigh. Is there a sigh? No sigh. Internal, yes. Yeah, okay. So he averaged 96.2 last year. He's 22 years of age, played 20 games. Highest was 136, lowest was 52. His last five games, he averaged 115.6 pato, which was more than Josh Dunkley. His last 10 was 100.7, and his round 12 to 23 was 100.3. I, I prefer Rosie myself, but we've got to discuss these guys that are up there, and he's around the 529k price point. So what are your thoughts on Zach Butters? Look, it wouldn't shock me if he did have his breakout year. He's coming into his fifth year in the system. I just, the injury issues are a huge concern and the role is as well, like he's a really good forward and at, at some stage in everyone, every good young midfielder's career, they do make that leap into the midfield, unless your name's Isaac Heaney. Um, the very similar players, very similar roles where you move them out of the forward line and what does Port Adelaide's forward line provide without Zach Butters in it, don't know. Yeah, not much. Yeah, there's not a lot exactly. So, I feel like they may experiment with Butters in the midfield for this month, for the first month or so, but they're going to struggle kicking goals. Um, Charlie Dixon's another year old; he's like 34 or something stupid now. Um, Travis Bokes apparently. Gonna... Okay. <laughs> According to a news yeah. article, that was Kane Corns, wasn't it? Say no more. Fucking probably. Um, yeah. So I feel like he'll have big games. Clearly, he's he's a really good player. But I just I think he'll get stuck up forward, and I don't know if Port Adelaide are going to be super good this year, Dano. So I, it's a no from me. That's that's fair enough. I don't reckon they're going to be any good either. But I reckon Rosie will. Uh, uh, that's disgusting to say. Next bloke I want to discuss is five twenty one k, and that's Dylan Moore from Hawthorne. So he averaged ninety four point two last year, highest of one forty seven, lowest of fifty six. 
Um, his last 10 average was 98.4. Now, people are turned off Dylan Moore because of his last practice game, but I have I just seen things different to everyone else where that he only played like a half and he took the absolute piss and then walked off the ground going, I'm the best fucking player in this team I don't need to show anymore? Yeah, Um People are absolutely sleeping on Dylan Moore. Remember at the end of last year, don't it? Everyone was like, we're, we're picking Dylan Moore next year. Like, yeah, he's just, he, he's such a fucking gun and he'll break out, blah, 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 playing that midfield. 43% time on ground, don't know, in that practice game. And he scored 70. Yeah. See, I, I, I was like, he had, God, he played fifth, like half a game and was took the piss. Yeah. He had 15 touches and kicked two goals in that time. And, I mean, simple math, you double that if you play as a full game, 30 and four, like obviously he's not going to do that, but just just from some perspective, guys, guys, I think Sam Mitchell was just trying to work out his midfield group outside of Dylan Moore. He's going to be in that midfield. Um, oh, yeah. He's in 3% of teams, Dano, which blows my mind. And I know there's better value elsewhere, and I feel like that's why people are maybe jumping off Dylan Moore. Um. But I mean, I don't. I said this in the midfield podcast. I don't know if Warple makes this team. I know he was one of the better players. Um, McKenzie won't play that midfield role either. Ward, I don't know if he makes that midfield properly. Joy Newcomb's obviously going to be in and around that. Um, Dylan Moore is being served on hard. And I think give it two weeks and people will see that he's averaging 110 and go, fuck, like, why didn't we think of him? It's like, well, yeah. So you do some proper research. Don't just look at the stats and see he had 15 touches and two goals and he played forward. Well, no, he played midfield. He only played half a game and he was good in that half. So he took the piece. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So huge POD early on and his ownership will pretty quickly go into to, to double digit percentage before too long. Cause he's got Essen in round one. He could get 140 against them. Dana, I could, I could see Hawthorne winning that game. Honest, I think you might be right. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll quickly move on. Dustin Martin, yay or nay? Nay. Nay, okay. Now we can move on to the proper dude. So, ugh, talk all day on this guy, but Errol Goulden. Um, he's priced at 470-something thousand. I, my fucking phone just refreshed on me. But anyway, breakout contention, 22 games last year, average 85.7, highest of 131, last of 52. Um, in the first Pracky game, he played in the middle 70 and he attended 70.4% of the CBAs. Mills was in that team playing a bit more forward and sometimes rotated back. We were like, okay, let's, let's take a step back and quickly watch what he does in the second game. And then he took the most absolute piss out of the second game. Granted, Mills wasn't in the team, but he did it with 70.4% CBAs with Mills in the team anyway. He went to about 50%, I think it was. And he got, what, 42 disposals or whatever it was. Kicked so many snags. Got like 180 super coach. I think he's the biggest fucking lock for a breakout contention out of everyone. 45 touches, three goals. Fuck me, dude. Now, obviously, he's not going to do that every week. That that goes without oh, no. saying. Um, for, for anyone that watched Sydney games last year... Um, we'll know how good this guy is. Now, is it a year early because he's in his third year? Maybe he's only played 43 games, but you got to watch this guy to know the impact he has on games and why they've just chucked him straight into that midfield. 
Um, I remember so vividly last year, Dana, I watched Richmond versus Sydney. I was at the game. Gordon took the absolute piss. Played midfield. Clearances galore. Kicked snags. um, And was just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, Maybe that wasn't last year. Maybe that was the year before because he only scored 68 against us last year. That's interesting. (laughs) Anyway... (laughs) Um, he's, he, he, you look at his stats and he does have those big games and I feel like they've seen enough from him now. He's built enough of a tank. He's going to be playing midfield and I don't think this is a trap. He's priced at a point where you can easily jump off after two weeks if you're not happy with what you see. Yeah. At 472,000, you can, you can go down to a different guy. You can turn him into a Dylan Moore for another 30K, like, You've got two weeks of sample size. Now he plays Gold Coast round one. That's a pretty good start. Like he'll be mashed up against a Rowell or a, or a Turk and, and we'll see. Then he's Push got Hawthorne. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he's got Hawthorne, which he'll probably go big against them. Round three is the interesting one because he plays Melbourne. So I'd be interested to see if he does that against a Melbourne or whether maybe he even plays forward and they might need a Callum Mills in there to play defensive against, you know, Oliver and Petrarca and co. But I, I think you're foolish to to not start Gordon with what you've seen. Um, Luke Parker came out and made a really positive comment about yeah. Gordon's role as well and pretty much said, like, nah, he's he's been a huge player in preseason. And, um, you will yeah, get the midfield in group. minutes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So at his price point, at his potential, um, I, I think Gordon will be a top six guy. I don't think this is a stepping stone. I think this is a keeper. I think yeah, this might be... Like completely different players, but this will be the this year's uh, last year's Will Brody. Yep, fair, fair. I I agree. So yeah, I I think you got to lock him in. Okay, Pato. So the next one I wanted to talk about was a bit of a different sort of pick, and that's from your team. And you probably know who I'm going to bring up because he's a dual position defender forward, and that's Liam Baker. Now, the reason why I want to bring him up is just because of the preseason chip. So we'll go over last year. So last year he played 22 games. He only averaged 78. Highest was 134, lowest was 38. Won't go into his last five-game average and whatnot. Is he going to be playing Jaden Short's old role off halfback? Or what's what's the go with Liam Baker? Liam Baker is just a plug and play sort of guy. Like he had, he had a couple of games last year where he played midfield and did it really well. He had games where he played half forward. He had games where he played half back. Like I think it's the, the role is just too volatile to consider Liam Baker. I love Liam Baker as a footy player. He's one of my favorite players. Yeah. Um, but his versatility is what doesn't make him a great selection. Honestly. Yep. Yeah, uh, oh, all good. Move on then. Um, the next guy um, is a listener, a listener query, and that's Jack Zebel. And I know, Pato, that you're scarred mentally and probably physically too from not picking him the year that he was like 202K or whatever. But he's at 356K. Um, he's listed as a forward and he's down back again. We've we got to discuss the man. Will he go back to the heights of what he was when he fucking. I'm not going to say a breakout year because he was just a seagull in defense, but do you reckon he will seagull it again in defense? Or do you think that it'll be split with Luke Mack, L Mack down in defense? 
It's an interesting one. You've also got Aaron Hall to throw into that mix as well, who I think will play defense also. Historically, Clarko has liked a a kick mark sort of play style, which was very similar to, I can't remember his name, Noble at North when Zebo did have that big year a couple of years ago. I can see it working. I can. I I don't know, Dano. He didn't set the world on fire in a practice game last week. Yeah. And I just... Luke McDonald looks a bit better than him. I'll I'll, I'll go based on the rule of thumb of 50K per 10 points above their average. So if you're picking Jack Zebel and you want to use him as a stepping stone, if you want to make, let's say, 150K, he will need to average 94.6. Do you think he could do that? He could, yeah. Percentage-wise, what do you reckon? Because I don't think he he will go 94.6. I reckon he could go in the 80s. I think he's probably a, a 60 or 70% chance of getting 95. Yeah, okay. Well, then but I, but I think it, there's yeah. guys even in a similar price point that will score better than him. Fuck yeah. And I, I agree. I'll actually jump up a price point now. Um, I've got him lower on the list. Um, but at 419K, Ben Cunnington. Everyone's jumped the fuck off of him now, mate. Daniel was like, why the fuck's everyone jumped off? He's only in 7% of teams. He was in, He's basically been, it's been said that he's going to pay about 100%, almost 100% game time, as much as Clarko can milk out of him. Obviously, he will rest forward. Um, and in that re- random leaked fucking team that came out, um, he was listed as a forward. But strong, strong belief. Like, the man's a fucking bull. He's going to go through the middle. Um what are your thoughts on him? Do you reckon he could end up going back to, let's say, 100 average? We know how good Cunnington can be. Yeah. There's a lot of guys to rotate through that midfield, though. And you, you think of a, an LDU and Simkin, they're going to be two main guys there. You've got a Will Phillips who has played a lot of midfield in preseason. Um, you've got the Lady Basher that's probably going to come back into that team as well. Tom Powell. Yeah, like there's a lot of guys to to go through there, um, but I Clarko's too competitive, and I think Cunnington will spend maybe fifty percent of games in that midfield, and he's someone that can easily score seventy in that fifty percent game time in the midfield, and then whatever else he does up forward will get him up to a ninety to a hundred. So I can see him getting up towards that. They've also got Hugh Greenwood in there, Dano. Um, yeah. Like, there's a lot of midfielders to row to. Like, no one that's going to set the world on fire, I think, except for LDU. Yeah. Um, now, Cunnington was in my team up until Errol Goulden did Errol Goulden things, and I just yep. I went to him instead. But yep. there's the world where I can see Cunnington in my team by Thursday night. Yeah, that's fair. We'll keep on um, moving. We'll keep on yep. moving, Pato. Uh, we'll get through these last few. Um, Jason Horn Francis, yay or nay? Yay. Yay? What the fuck? Yay. I'm a nay. The man is Clanger Central. Holy shit. Okay. Well, he's 348.8K. Currently in, oh, fuck, man, 14% of teams. And I was just like, I'm writing him off. And you reckon he's good? I'm one of those 14%. Wow. 
this is a fucking plot twist for any of our listeners because I did not think that Pato would have this like. So why have you picked Jason Horn Francis currently, which could change? Because he's going to play midfield. He's going to play inside midfield and he's going to get the ball out to the Rosies and the Wines of, of that Port Adelaide midfield. And he's going to get a lot of tackles. Now, he he had a really good game, Dano, but he didn't score great super coach wise because he gave away a lot of free kicks. Yeah. But on exactly. surface value, uh well, it's not like it's James James Warple who went who goes at 40% efficiency. Uh, like he he had six tackles and gave away six free kicks, and six is a lot, and that's not going to happen every week. So I really like Horn Francis. I can't get around it. Yeah, I just for his price, for his price, he only has to average ninety to get to five hundred k, and then you reassess whether he's a keeper or whether he is a stepping stone. I I don't see him cracking ninety this year. I think he'll do it easily. I think he might get in the eighties. I reckon he can improve on his average, but I don't think he can get in the nineties. So even if he only goes eighty, he's still going to make a hundred k. Yeah, that's that takes him to four fifty, and then you then you wait for your Gorns of the world to to get the forward status. Bontempelli, I don't think Bontempelli okay. is going to play forward, but then then you just reassess there. But I think at three hundred forty eight k, I think the midfield role is going to be there. And we saw last year the more midfield minutes he got for North, the more points he scored. So I throw this to you, Nat Five three hundred and thirteen k. And then the other one's Tanner Brun at 311k. They're our next two on our list. Do you think that Horn Francis is better value than both of those combined? Not combined. I th- I think Fife's really bad value. I don't like Fife in the role that he's playing. Tanner Brun, I think, is someone that we haven't spoken about, but he is even better value than Horn Francis. Then why aren't you going Tanner? Because, well, who says I'm not? Oh, my man, he's got both. There you go. So we'll quickly skim over. Nat Fife playing up forward, um, 31 years of age, only played seven games last year, so that hence the hefty um, discount with a 63.38 uh, average last year, highest of 96, lowest of 32. I actually don't mind Fife. I can't bring myself to pick him because I there's another guy that I think is a breakout contender um, that's cheaper um, that I will just talk about last um but yeah so you're ruling fife out you don't like it i actually don't mind it but yeah i just think there's value elsewhere yeah not for me um i don't think the role's good and he has spent a lot of time off the field as well the last few years so yeah i think that there's just there's better value elsewhere and tanner brune he's gone from the giants after he got drafted and he looked like he wanted to fucking neck himself all the way over to Geelong, uh, where he wanted to be in the first place. So Giants played him out of position, in my opinion. Um, Again, the too many mids rule. Goes to Geelong. Had a cracking fucking preseason, but there's the likes of your Cam Guthries and your Patrick Dangerfields and whatnot to come back through. Do you see Tanner Brune averaging... Well, put it this way. He only has to average 86.6 to make that 150K. Do you see him doing that? Because I I can see him doing that. 
But yeah, absolutely. Guthrie played the preseason game against Brisbane. Yeah. But how many CBAs did he have? And how many? Uh, they had eleven had each. And then you got Patrick Dangerfield to come back in. Does he just rest for Dangerfield? Dangerfield also played and had fourteen CBAs. There you go. Okay, so he's got a good role. <laughs> I think it's almost locked in. I. The the shit thing is. Is it Brad Scott, Chris Scott, whichever Scott coaches Geelong? Chris, Chris, Chris. They he just he throws guys around so much. So it wouldn't shock me if Brune plays, you know, midfield one week and then forward another week. But in saying that, as you said, he doesn't have to average a hundred to make one hundred fifty k. Yeah. And worst case scenario, he plays fifty percent mid time, fifty percent forward, or whatever. I can see him averaging at least 80 to 85 in that role. He makes you, makes your money and then he's a stepping stone. Best case scenario, he becomes one of their main mids alongside Guthrie and Dangerfield. And all of a sudden, you're looking at a keeper that you can get for 311000 Yeah, I agree. Now, Pato, the last one I got on my list, I don't know if you got any more after this one, but the last one on my list, typically we would not pick in Supercoach because it's a high half forward role. But considering his fucking VFL form last year and his preseason fucking form this year and the fact oh, that he's 21, the this. fact that he's 21 and uh, Sam Flanders from the Gold Coast Suns, Pato. Like, I, I think... Hell. Now, I put, I put it to you this way. 150K, he only has to average 76.6. People are like, he's not going to get the CBAs. He didn't really get many CBAs in the last cracky game, and he still cracked over 30 disposals and cracked the super coach ton. People are worried about Took coming back. It's not going to fucking affect him if he's playing a high half forward role. It's just, it's kind of like you and the way you perceive wingmen. They can have really big games. They can have really average games. But the fact is, his average is only 46.6. He's priced under 300,000 on the higher range of like 270-something thousand. All he has to average 76.6 to make 150K. If he exceeds that, which I think he will, like, he's the biggest cash cow. And he could, on the off chance he turns into a keeper, awesome. Probably not, but on the off chance he does, I just I just think there's way too much value in Sam Planders. I, no, not for me. Why? Because I don't think the role is going to be good enough. I think they've got guys that will come back. So in their practice game against the Giants, this is their CBA. So Raul got 26, as you'd expect, with no two. Witt's 23, he's a Ruckman. Swallow, yep. 21. Davies, yep. 20. Noah yep. Anderson, 16. Braden Fiorini, 10. Yep. Levi Casbolt, 8, as yep. the backup Ruck. Flanders, 6. Holland, 3. Charles, 3. So that's why I said it. He did it with a low CBA number. Correct. But who's got to come back into this team, Dana, for round one? Obviously, Tuke. Yeah. Plus also their normal wingman. Yeah, but he's playing a high half forward, not a wing. Yeah, but Brandon Ellis also has to come... Brandon Ellis also has to come back into this team. Yeah. Swallow's got to play somewhere. Davies has to play somewhere. Fiorini has to play somewhere. Fiorini can play in the twos. 
Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've, we've been through that with with yeah. Gold Coast. I'm, I I'm just... just saying, I'm just saying, like watching it, Sam Flanders starts at like let's say a half forward, and he just pushes in like an extra midfielder. Like, oh, I just, I just feel like if you're not going to jump on now, you're never going to jump on at all, because you'll just be out of reach by the time. Unless, you can wait till round three. He's cheap enough to wait till round three, I guess. With the, with my forward line the way it currently looks, yeah, um, I'm almost banking on using one corrective trade in the first two weeks. Just just once I see rolls and and a bit of um, clarity, I just I can't see it. Look at his scoring from last last year. Don't know. He he had a game where he had 24 in a full game of footy. Yeah, you got to ignore that. That's what I mean. Why? It's break no because it's breakout contention mold. You look at his VFL form. And then you look at his preseason form because his BFL form is what's fucking put him right back into it. And he's he's talked about his mental state and how he when he had his low games, um, it would affect him the next week, and now it doesn't. And ever since he said that, he's been on a fucking tear in the VFL and now in preseason. I just think his weight, like if he was in the three hundred k range, like low three hundred k, I'd still look at him. Mid to high, I probably wouldn't. But the fact that he's so fucking cheap. I feel like that you can put him in there and then if on the off chance it doesn't fire, but he still makes you money, sweet. Um, let's say he only averages 70, Pato. He's still going to make you money. So you mentioned VFL form and the Gold Coast Suns have one of the best VFL players on their list in Braden Fiorini. Yeah. Who can't do it in the ones. And I want to see it before I jump on Flanders, that's all. Yeah, that's fair enough. And that's why I said you can wait till round three before the spice, uh, spice, the price hike. <laughs> before the spice, fuck it. Stupid, sexy Flanders, he's spicy Flanders now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in. And I don't want to take him out of my team, honestly. Anyway, there's much for our listeners to think about. Do you have any more that you want to add to that list? Obviously, They'd need to be above 210k, or otherwise, they're going to be in our rookie pod. Yeah, the forward line is a super interesting one because there's a lot of guys that could easily break out. I'm I'm curious about Sam Darcy at 243,000 as a defensive forward swing, he's in nine percent of teams, which is very interesting. Yeah, right. Um. The way that the Bulldogs look like they're going to line up, Sam Darcy could almost be a swing guy. Now, what I mean by that is it's almost like he's going to play a Max Gorn role around the ground. Now, he won't get the ruck minutes that Max Gorn does, but Sam Darcy is almost going to act like a midfielder where he'll go forward, he'll go back, and he's almost like a third winger. Yeah. And he'll kick goals, he'll get inset marks, and it's it's an interesting one. I'm not going to start him. I'm not going to advocate starting him. But he is a very interesting one with the way it looks like they are going to line up. Yeah. Um, so that is one interesting one. There's a couple others I want to talk about. I'm just trying to find them. I should have written them down. Sorry. That's all, that's all good. Listeners. That's all good. We're not going to do a top, um, a top six ranked rucks or forwards this podcast. Um, we're going to do them in a subsequent podcast because we are trying to keep it under a certain time. And I have a feeling we've already gone over. So. Quite probably. <laughs> yeah. 
classic. Um, yeah, I mean, the forward line is so volatile. It's it's a real interesting one. Um, so yeah, we, talk, we spoke, about, spoke about Jason Horn Francis. I'm really big on him. Really, yep. really big. Yep. Um, there is, oh, who am I thinking of? Sorry, I'm trying to find it. Um, Come on, who mate. Was it? Who, Do your research. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Sorry. So I've got my spreadsheet open, all my fucking stats, and this bloke here is just twiddling his thumbs with his fucking three Excuse AW, me. Three AW post sounding voice. This I've had a bit going on, mate. So this is yeah, not, that, that's not, fair enough. Not been super prepared. I know, I know, and yeah, that's valid. It's valid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, no, I've lost it. Anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> we should cut that. I'm keeping that in. I want the listeners to know what I'm going through. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anything further you'd like to add, Pato, other than trying to scroll through and trying to find this last guy? So yeah, at, at the moment I'm tossing up between Setterfield in midfield and Tanner Bruin up forward. Um Ooh. or Horn Francis. So I I'm starting two of those three. It's just depending on how I want to do it. Um we'll do an official team reveal next week, Dano, just yep. before the real stuff starts, and then we'll we'll announce it on our Twitter and yep. Facebook page. Um we have made a group. Ladies and gentlemen, so if you yep. want to suss the code, we have shared that on Twitter. Um, so just go look up our Twitters to find that code. We'll also be making some groups as well. Uh leagues, sorry. Yeah. We will that also group, share yeah. we'll also share the group on Facebook as well. Um, Pato, what's your Twitter handle so then people can fucking find the group code? It's at P A T O S Triple C. And mine is at D-A-N-E-O-S-Triple-C. So that's pretty much it for the rucks and the forwards. We'll give you a summary of who we think our top ones are going to be um, in a subsequent podcast. But from us at the Supercoach Co-Captains, I'm Dano. And I'm Pato. And this is us signing. The fuck off. Stupid sexy Flanders.